2: We have all heard it before. The disappearances, the missing people, the airplanes gone silent, the ships never returning home, the Bermuda Triangle. But what is it about this mysterious place that keeps us up at night thinking? What lies in those ocean waters that we attribute to the adventurers never coming home? We've all heard the stories of Amelia Earhart, who because we have no idea what actually happened to her, credit the Bermuda Triangle to her disappearance. We try to think, and we try to reason. There's no way. There has to be some reasonable explanation. A small airplane and one lone flyer gone missing. Perhaps she ran out of fuel. Maybe she was captured when she crash-landed somewhere. But the Navy's largest ship and over 300 men. How could a ship over 500 feet long simply disappear? Okay, so it was wartime. Perhaps it met its fate when an enemy ship sunk it. But why has the Navy never been able to locate it or any of its missing sailors? Maybe it was pushed off course and crashed somewhere on some remote island. Again, it's 2020, and searches are still being conducted to locate this vessel. So why have we not found a single tangible clue? Perhaps their fate lies in something more supernatural, more mysterious. Perhaps their fate lies in the Bermuda Triangle. This is the story of the USS Cyclops.
0: Welcome to Coffee and Cases, where we like our coffee hot and our cases cold. My name is Allison Williams.
2: And my name is Maggie Dameron. We will be telling stories each week in the hopes that someone out there with any information concerning these cases will take those tips to law enforcement so justice and closure can be brought to these families. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases, because as these families know, conversations help to keep their missing family members in the public consciousness, helping to keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week.
1: Make sure you stay tuned till the end of this episode to hear the winner of the t-shirt contest.
2: Okay, so as you can tell, we're spicing it up a little bit this week. Not only will I be narrating our episode this week, but we also have our very first guest appearance. Woo!
0: Welcome! We have our little sleuth hound here. Hello. <laughs> Are you excited? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. been waiting to join us for one of these episodes since the beginning. So, we thought today would be extra special. We would just change it up everywhere. That's right. Let her have some some fun and put some comments in. Yeah.
2: So today's episode came to us as a listener suggestion. So lots of first today. And when I started looking into this one, I told Allison that I really wanted to be the one that did this story. Things like the Bermuda Triangle have always fascinated me. It's been a place where my imagination can run wild. I picture the lost city of Atlantis, UFOs, and all kinds of just different supernatural things.
1: Me too. Like, I love ghosts. I love supernatural. I love everything. Just out of the ordinary.
2: Well, then this is going to be a perfect episode for you. Perfect Little Sleuth Hound. Because this story has a lot of supernatural and odd elements. So, I think for our listeners, it's going to be important that we talk about where the Bermuda Triangle is. Because we do have listeners from kind of all over the world. So, Allison and the Little Sleuth Hound, I didn't know... How familiar other cultures were with the Bermuda Triangle.
0: Right, and and you're right. We've got listeners from all over the world, so I do think that that's important. Thank you, by the way. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know, the Bermuda Triangle lies in a section of the North Atlantic Ocean, and according to an article that was published by the Sun, and the Sun likes to have really long article names. <laughs> Where is the Bermuda Triangle? What is it? Why do planes go missing there? And what are the conspiracy theories? (laughs) This is a long (laughs) title. Yes. (laughs) It covers an area of over 440,000 miles of sea. 440,000 miles? So, yes. Growing up, I thought it was just, like, in the Caribbean and, like, tiny. But it actually stretches up into, like, the actual Atlantic Ocean.
1: So, um, I've heard a conspiracy theory that there's, like, a huge magnet, and it, like, sucks the planes and boats into, like, the magnet, but...
2: We will talk some conspiracy theories, (laughs) some that are similar to that that I have heard before, and then some that I was like, okay, that's weird. (laughs) So, it's actually one of the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world, because, again, I guess I thought that it was, like completely avoided but it actually isn't it has ships crossing through it all the time to get to different ports in america europe and the caribbean how do those not sink that was my thinking too i thought i guess maybe i just thought every ship was like whoo right but i guess that 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 doesn't happen i'm learning all kinds of stuff today (laughs) so basically any cruise ship that you go on is going to pass through the Bermuda Triangle at oh, some no. point okay, or another. I'm scared. Especially, to cover yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially if it's like like northern Caribbean mm-hmm. those types of cruises because it just covers so many miles of sea it would be difficult to avoid. So, as you can guess from today's intro and from our conversation, we do have a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding the Bermuda Triangle, or more fondly referred to as the Devil's Triangle. no. Very promising. (laughs) Um, So, again, according to The Sun and that article that was mentioned before, over 1,000 people, which is a lot, are believed to have lost their lives in the Bermuda Triangle within the last 100 years. What? Wow. So, again... Uh, things I didn't know.
0: Pretty common, though. Like 10 people a year. Yeah. And I know it's a large piece of ocean, but that still seems. Like a, re- a really high number. Enough that you would think that there's, uh, there
2: has to be a theory. It right. Has to be yeah. And there are theories, and a lot of them. <laughs> so people have speculated anything from aliens to a crystal ocean pyramid under the water, gas explosions. All of these theories have been put forth to kind of explain the disappearances that have taken place there. So we don't really have time to mention them all because, believe me, it's like a wormhole of conspiracy theories surrounding the Bermuda Triangle. There are so many. But I do want to take a minute just to mention some of my favorites before we get down to the details of today's show. If you listen to episodes two and three, you'll remember us talking about things like spontaneous levitation and ball lightning. That sounds like witchcraft. Well, a lot of Episodes 2 and 3 were very strange, and part of this episode will be as well. So today I'm bringing you Electronic Fog. So just
0: adding that to our list of irrational fears that we talked about with the dialogue past episodes.
2: Yes, I have now added Electronic Fog to my list of fears next to the black hole and spontaneous limitation. Right, that you're going to get sucked up into. What into even here. is
1: Electronic Fog like?
2: Okay, so good question. According to the sun, it is the most notable theory of the Bermuda Triangle, even though I think it sounds cuckoo. Electronic fog is actually a weather phenomenon which sticks to an aircraft or a ship. It's said that the fog causes the equipment on aircrafts or ships to malfunction. So like your compass would just keep spinning. um, Like your GPS might not work. That type of stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. So for all of us directionally impaired people we can just go ahead and add that to the list of things that scare us because I can't even find my way around like the closest large city to us without my phone. Oh, Rodney
0: makes fun of me all the time. He's always like, "You literally have to type into map like into your phone into Google Maps like five times in a row to go to the same place." And I'm like,
1: mm, "Yes." He gets yeah. crazy when I don't know my way home from like here. From school yeah. to home, yeah. right, and which roads to take. Well, I think especially
2: if you're a passenger, you don't pay as much attention. Right. But, like, I get lost just on roads, and Anthony will always be like, well, you just turn west. Okay, Christopher Columbus. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> where, tell me, I'll turn left compass? at the McDonald's. How you know? yeah. yeah, how do you
0: know which way west is? Yeah, except when my car tells me yeah, which exactly. direction. But, so, with this electronic fog, is it basically like these particles... You said they attach themselves to ships, so it sounds like it's kind of like a magnet.
1: Right, and so it, like, and it throws kind of
2: everything. throws everything.
1: Hmm. It's like a disease or something. Yeah. sticks to it, people.
2: It was very strange. So, that was one of the really weird conspiracy theories. Another possible, quote, reason that the Bermuda Triangle is susceptible to failed aircraft or shipwrecks are these things called hexagonal... Clouds.
0: Never what? heard of that either.
2: Um so this is actually the newest explanation, and these are clouds that cause these terrifying 170 mile per hour wind air bombs. Air bombs. Add that to my list of irrational fears as well. So I was actually curious, and I did look this up and because it seems fake to me, but it's not. It's real. It's a real thing. These winds are powerful enough to generate waves of more than 45 feet high because these air bombs crash down to the ocean and then create waves. I can... That does not sound real. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, I th- I mean, I really did think so. And then when I Googled it, it had it on NASA. So I was like, okay, oh, real. Credible. Credible source. Oh. <laughs> so more. the more research that I did, they have actually debunked this theory as something that occurs within the Bermuda Triangle. But it is real. So it. it is a real occurrence. It just might not be what
0: causes the shipwrecks in the Bermuda yeah. Triangle. Yeah,
2: they said that the ocean water wasn't like what it needed to be which is probably the like environment, temperature even like maybe yeah how like, like the salty wind it is. yeah yeah so from all the research that I did most scientists seem to agree that these waters just in general seem to be particularly rougher than surrounding waters they're also filled with reefs so perhaps that's the more quote-unquote scientific explanation but we always say boo. Boo, just yeah,
1: scientific boo to explanations.
0: Yeah. Those aren't as entertaining.
1: Like, I would be more interested in, like, if they said, oh, a poltergeist knocked the ship over the waters. <laughs> Instead, they're like, oh, the, the waves are rougher than normal waves, so it just sunk the ship. Yeah.
2: So she would have been with me with the Eddie as a possible oh, explanation absolutely. for absolutely. the log episodes. <laughs> But what we don't have an explanation for is the story that we're bringing you today. The story of the USS Cyclops.
1: That's a really cool name.
2: I thought so too. And again, I think it's because I like love Percy Jackson and like Greek mythology. So I immediately went there in my mind. So the USS Cyclops, according to Greg Norman's article, more than 100 years later, the great mystery of the vanished USS Cyclops remains unsolved. It was built in 1910 in Philadelphia. The world had never seen anything like the USS Cyclops. She was massive, spanning over 500 feet long. She was the Navy's largest ship at that time. She? Yeah, so that is a good question. So she, I don't know why, but we refer to, like, boats or cars as she. Mm-hmm. Why? Female. The, yeah, the Fem- feminine Fem- pronoun. What do
0: you, what do you refer? Have for? you ever seen those ships that have, like, the woman she kind of looks like a mermaid she's on the front of yeah. the boat so you can kind of see
1: yeah, it there but what like things are classified as males <laughs>
0: i don't know
1: <laughs> good
2: question little sleuth hound this is why you're here to question <laughs> So after the U.S. declared war on Germany in 1917, the Cyclops was in the process of changing from a coal-driven ship to one powered by oil because its use of coal was considered a major weakness.
0: That's interesting to me because, well, here in Kentucky anyway... You know, you can even get license plates that say "Friends of Coal," and so you know here it's kind of something that we celebrate. So that's interesting. That I mean, it is
2: I guess a, a dirtier, film. yeah, it's a dirtier form. And I'm wondering if it speaking. had like I don't know, but I'm wondering if maybe the weight, maybe coal weighs more than oil, oh, and that maybe makes sense too, yeah, it made it like, made her lighter, so maybe she could travel faster. Not really sure. It was during World War One that our ship meets her disastrous fate. The Cyclops was set to deliver ten thousand eight hundred tons of manganese what when is she that? Okay, so I had to look it up. And it is essential for your body. Your body needs it to just function. You can actually have a deficiency of this in your body. How How manganese deficiency.
1: How come I never knew this
2: before? I don't know. I didn't know that it was that important. Well, okay, I didn't know it existed, and then I was (laughs) surprised that it was so important. (laughs) But it doesn't come in, like, a form of its own. It's usually with some other type of element. So, I'm assuming they had, like, ores that contained this, and that was in February of 1918. Well, that 10,800 tons of manganese did arrive in the harbor in Rio on February 15th of 1918. And we know that from a report that I read by Captain Lawrence Brennan of the U.S. Navy. He goes on in that report to say that on February 22nd, she departed for Baltimore, but she never made it. For some reason, when she left Rio, they added an additional 73 sailors on board with literally zero
1: explanation of why they were added. So it's like they were prepared for something bad that was going to happen, and they were like, let's add some more sailors. Yeah, so was it a coincidence? Was it purposeful? I think not.
2: We don't know the American Consulate General of Rio boarded the ship, claiming that he wanted to enlist in the U.S. Army. So, American Consulate General in
0: Rio says, hold up, I need to get on this ship because I want to be a part of the U.S.
2: Army. With 73 random soldiers or sailors. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now, Allison and our little sleuth hound... What is odd is that the U.S. Cyclops didn't follow her intended route. What? A route that would have taken her directly to Maryland with no stops. Instead, the U.S.S. Cyclops makes port in Barbados on March 3rd, a mere 1800 nautical miles from her destination
1: you'd think that if they went off track that they would have tried to find like a shorter route but this one seems like it would be a longer route
2: or they would let someone know yeah so how do you compare nautical miles to like
0: land miles
2: so i googled it That's how you know. And um, for us land dwellers, eighteen hundred nautical miles is a little more than two thousand like land miles. So, in the grand scheme of the ocean, they weren't really that far away from where they were trying to go. So, why would the world's finest ship make an unscheduled port? Why would almost 80 more people get on board without any explanation. Maybe she was suffering from mechanical problems. Many specialists have said that even though the Cyclops was called a living coal mine because she could hold so much coal and she actually had two big scoops on her that could scoop huge amounts of coal, she wasn't fit to carry the more dense manganese. Okay, so it was too heavy
0: and maybe they just realized it? So it's kind of like if you're moving and you've got all your furniture and they're like, hey, if we have to go through one of those weight stations and it's too much weight, we're just going to throw some of your furniture off the truck.
1: It's kind of, um, as you said earlier, they changed it from coal to gas. So maybe that's why, because it was too heavy to carry the manganese. Wait, did they change it to oil before?
2: They changed it to oil as soon as we entered the war in like 1917 she was in the process of changing from coal to oil okay so
0: it could have still had coal on it
2: yes but they're thinking that maybe just the weight was too much for her maybe it was a combination of these things or perhaps it could be something more sinister
1: like what
2: so we know that after leaving barbados the uss cyclops was never seen from or heard from again there's no wreckage, no survivors, and no distress call. I
1: think that's weird because, like, you think that a ship so glorious, a ship so big, would like they would want to try to save it or any passengers on it or even the material that they were trying to get there.
2: Right, because they had something important on board. It was a really large ship, so you think it would be able to easily be found. So, obviously, there are many theories, both plausible and not, that surround the disappearance of the Cyclops. One popular theory circles around the Cyclops' captain, Captain Whirling. There are several reports that say the captain was not all he appeared to be.
0: Ooh, now that sounds interesting. Spooky, spooky. This is a theory
2: I can get behind. Yes. So... Remember Allison and our little sleuth hound, we are just entering World War One when the Cyclops meets her end. Okay. This is the first world war that we have against Germany and a time in history where everyone literally thought everyone was a German spy or a communist. Oh, yeah. Trust no one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even your own family. Oh, dun, right. dun, dun, dun.
2: <laughs> that is true. So, according to an article, and I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance for this last name pronunciation, because... It's a doozy. So, according to Raj Bhattacharya, um, in his article, The USS Cyclops, An Amazing Disappearance, Captain Worley was actually hated, and I mean hated, by his fellow staff and officers. Like, to what extent? Like, what do you think? I think there was a very big amount of animosity. Mm. I think it was, like, one of those things where it's obvious that you aren't liked and they just kind of followed orders because they had to right because he's an I mean he's
0: captain so what are you gonna do
2: right it's what he says goes so they just were not a fan of him and many actually accused him of being pro-german which like I said was a big no-no if you're on a U.S. Navy ship right <laughs> So, the crew didn't just dream up this hatred or this idea of Worley being pro-German. He actually was born in Germany and, oddly enough, was born under another name, which he later changed. Hmm, Sketchy. That is sketchy. And we don't know why. There's no record as to why this name change took place. So, it it could have been, like, completely
0: innocent. Because I know a lot of people, when they migrate to the United States, they will change their name, Americanize it, or something like that. But it could just as easily be some Spy. sinister past, right, that he's trying to cover up. Spy. So that's
2: my thinking, too. Is it just when he immigrated here, he changed his name so it sounded more American? Or is it something deeper than that? Perhaps he had to change his name to hide something from someone. Ooh. Another weird coincidence, remember the U.S. Consulate General of Rio? Yeah. The one who, you know, just strangely boarded the ship with 70, 73 other men to, quote, join the army. Right, let's go. Totally
1: yes. normal. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, he was also a very popular figure in the Brazilian-German community. Oh, well, I'm not liking where this is going. So, we have a captain who is pro-German and a random add-on who is very popular in the German community. So, could that be why he joined? So my So, my speculation on this theory is maybe Captain Worley and the U.S. Consulate General were following orders from someone else. I think that's a likely theory. Mm-hmm. I think when the Cyclops stopped in Barbados and more coal and supplies were loaded onto her... It was purposeful because far more was loaded onto her than what was needed to reach her final destination. Oh, so was their plan actually to go someplace
0: else? And because of whatever happened to her, she just never made it.
1: Yeah.
2: So I do think that's one of the theories. Maybe their plan was to get her to Germany, which I kind of touch on in a little bit. Or maybe their plan was to make her as heavy as possible just let her go. So was it sabotage from the beginning? They knew she was going to sink and that was the plan. So like some
0: sort of death mission, right? Like they get on it
2: knowing that they're going to die for quote unquote the cause,
0: whatever that is. It's kind of like um, uh,
1: when like um, on 7-Eleven, or (laughs) 9-Eleven. Just start again. When on 9-Eleven, um, when they bombed the planes, even though they knew that they were going to be on it and they were killing themselves. So it's kind of like that because they're...
2: Extreme nationalism.
0: Yes. yes. That blind
2: nationalism. Yes. yes. So did Captain Worley and the Consulate General work together to sink her? Or, like we said, did they take her back to Germany? Hence, there's no distress, distress call. Maybe they were taking her back to Germany, so why would they do a distress call? And if they purposefully sank her again, why would you do a distress call? So
0: I'm sitting here thinking in my head that she went down in the Bermuda Triangle. But you're right. She could have made it to her destination. No distri- distress call because the captain
2: knew the plan the whole time. But the crew is just, mm, bye-bye. Yeah, and remember, he did add 73 more sailors on board. Now, I could not find if those were American sailors that were added or if those were from another nation. So, perhaps these people were added to like take care of the crew. So, maybe the crew was kind of held host- hostage so they couldn't So
1: something more sinister than just more added to the trip.
2: Yeah. So, maybe just something a little more creepy than what we would like to think happened, so maybe Captain Worley never intended for the Cyclops to make port in Baltimore. So maybe, just maybe, his intent was for the Cyclops to be lost forever. So Allison and our little sleuth found another popular explanation of the Cyclops' tragic end lies in her weakening frame. Now I know that we aren't much for like scientific or probable explanations. Yeah.
1: Boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not as interesting. Food to science. I mean, I want to be a scientist when I grow older, but food to all the boring science explanations. The only thing is if it's something like electric fog or ball lightning. <laughs> right, those, those, those scientists, like. yeah.
2: <laughs> but I do want to mention this one because, it, as I said, it is realistic and worth mentioning. So one sailor got off board in Rio and he wrote that the ship would often sway when large waves struck the ship. And before leaving Rio, Captain Worley actually reported that the Cyclops' starboard engine was inoperative due to a cracked cylinder. I don't know which side starboard is. So anyways, one of her engines were not functioning. It was cracked. And she was down to one engine, which in turn decreased the speed that she could travel. So we already know that she was loaded down because, remember, they added more supplies to her when they made this unexpected port. So she was loaded down with coal, manganese, and other supplies, as well as more people. So maybe her weight mixed with the ocean waters and a poorly functioning engine was just too much for her to handle. I mean, that sounds... Reasonable,
1: Yeah. But boobs are reasonable Yeah. Anyways.
2: So it is possible that her hole could just split under the pressure due to structural failures. We know from earlier in this episode that the waters she would have been passing through, the waters of the Bermuda Triangle, are rougher waters. So there is a real possibility that she met a storm she couldn't beat, and she sunk due to her heavy load. Right. I mean, again, with
0: the crack in the cylinder all that extra weight i mean it does make sense but again you also mentioned no wreckage
2: yeah no
0: so i mean i know the ocean is deep obviously but i feel like if we can
2: find the titanic how could we not find this ship a a ship that is huge in fact um one theory that i didn't really go a lot into says that maybe it sunk she sunk to like the bottom of a really deep trench Mm -hmm. and it's i forgot how many miles long but it's like i guess as of now we don't maybe have the technology to locate her if she was at the bottom of that trench just because how deep it is so, since she was weakening, it isn't unfathomable to think that her sinking happened quickly, so quick that Worley couldn't place a distress call. I mean, I get sinking quickly because she's so heavy,
0: but I feel like you'd have a
2: chance to send a distress call. I just think he's a little sketchy. Yeah. Don't know if he can be trusted. <laughs> So, another theory, and the last one that I'm going to mention today, is that of the giant octopus. What? <laughs> yes, you heard me right. <laughs> a giant octopus. Hmm. There are some who believe, according to Greg Norman's article, more than 100 years later, the great mystery of the vanished USS Cyclops remains unsolved. These people like really That's long really article long title. titles. That's <laughs> title. The Cyclops met her fate when a giant octopus, entangled her in its tentacles, and drug her to the bottom of the sea. Okay. So, this is like some mythological creature action. So, this is much more akin to what I think of when I think of the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Right? Some giant unknown sea creature the, grasping onto you and dragging you to the Leviathan, Jones water. Yeah. <laughs> So, Allison and our little sleuth found, do you remember how long I said the USS Cyclops was? I remember it was long, but how long? So she was well over 500 feet long, which is very long. Yes. and I, it, That's five football fields. Yeah. Which is kind of hard for me to... Oh, wait. Or is no. that yards? That's yards. <laughs> we teach words. Oh, people. no. Oh, wait. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Close, Just kidding. <laughs> So it would take an incredibly large octopus to be able to pull the cyclops to the ocean's floor even without her already being weak. I don't know if such a thing exists. Some people who claim this theory say that the USS Cyclops was passing through the Bermuda Triangle and she just so happened (laughs) to pass through the territory of a giant octopus, some say a giant squid, because I guess that's more believable. <laughs> right? I don't know okay. why. <laughs> um, and they were captured suddenly in its trap, explaining the lack of an SOS call and the lack of debris being found. I mean, I would be freaking out if like giant squid arms like came up out of the water. I just keep picturing like, least the Kraken! <laughs> like in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> Some scientists say the likelihood of this happening is nearly impossible. Because I didn't know this, but apparently there are creatures like this, reaching around 200 feet, that only live in the Pacific Ocean.
0: Well, um, so giant squid, just this is in the wrong part of the ocean. Right. So, like this is in the wrong ocean for this to add happen. i
2: to that to my list of irrational fears. Yeah, well So just don't go to the beach on don't the west on a coast. Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't go Yep. Because this a squid anywhere. might come after yeah. you they say that the waters in the bermuda triangle would not be susceptible to this kind of animal oh. how you know that beyond me right yet there are still some who say and this makes sense we don't know every animal that lives in the ocean i mean that's true yeah nor do we know a lot about the Bermuda Triangle. True again. Until I started researching this, I didn't even know ships passed through the Bermuda Triangle. So, I mean, learning stuff every day. Or or that it was as big as you said it was. Right. No idea. So why would it be hard for us to believe that a creature like this does exist? So I guess that's just it. We don't know. We don't know why no SOS call went out. We don't know why no debris has been found over 100 years later. As the number of ships lost at sea shrinks, we keep expecting the Cyclops to turn up, but she never has. As technology advances, it seems finding a ship over 500 feet long would be an easy thing to do. Yet, she's still lost. Was she sunk by a German U-boat? Was she capsized due to her heavy load? Is her disappearance something that can be explained by a simple scientific explanation? Or does her disappearance line something more fanciful? We often think of the Bermuda Triangle as something mysterious, dangerous even. It's a place where our wildest dreams can come true. We think of the lost city of Atlantis, mermaids, and underwater crystal pyramids when we think of the Bermuda Triangle. Our imagination runs wild. What we don't think about is the frightening aspect of the Bermuda Triangle, the disappearances, the deaths. It didn't get the nickname Devil's Triangle for no reason. We tend, or at least I do, To think of this place where fantasies can come true, but for the sailors aboard the USS Cyclops, perhaps it isn't. Perhaps it's the place where nightmares come true. As we promised you guys on last week's episode, we did draw for the winner for our t-shirt giveaway this week, and we just want to thank you... To all of you that shared with your friends, rated us on your favorite listening app, who gave us a five-star review, we appreciate you so, so much, and we really wish that we could give you all a free t-shirt, because it really did mean a lot that you took time out of your day to do that for us. So, the lucky winner is... Mandy Leslie.
0: Congratulations. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. Mandy, just send us an email to coffeeandcasespodcast at gmail.com with your shirt size and your address, and your shirt will be on the way. Yay, Mandy. Yay. And thanks again, you guys. It really does mean a lot. And by the way... While we're talking, since today's my birthday, you guys can give a special present and rate us, those of you who haven't yet, a five-star and leave us a written review.
2: I mean, we're just coming up with all kinds of reasons to rate our show. And we're so close. We're like halfway to 100 rates. So maybe if we got 100 rates on iTunes, we could do another giveaway. That would be a fantastic idea.
0: So thanks again. We'll see you next week.
2: Again, please like and join our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Twitter at Cases Coffee, on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast, or you can always email us suggestions to podcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon.
0: Stay together.
2: Stay safe. We'll see you next week.
1: (music) Pulling up
0: to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw